0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the gold standard podcast. I am Leah Miko and I'm truly so honored to have this young guest. I know we've been talking to a lot of former Olympic gold medalists who have had just unbelievable careers and gone on to do great things in other areas. But I think what excites me about today's guest is she is just getting started and yet she's already accomplished so much. She is a former softball player at George Washington University. She's a logistics officer in the Marine Corps. Also, she's training with USA Bobsled, has her sights on upcoming Winter Olympic Games. And she was recently named Camp Pendleton female athlete of the year. She's known as Lieutenant Compton, but I just want to give a warm welcome to Riley Compton. Thank you so much for joining us today. Alia, thank you so much for having me. So first off, tell everyone how old you are and and what you're doing in the Marine Corps.
1: I'm 25 years old right now. I am a first lieutenant in the Marine Corps. I'm an S-4 logistics officer at MALS-39, which stands for Marine Aviation Logistics Squadron, and I deal with all of our logistical needs for a squadron of roughly 800 Marines. And just talking to you, you and I were able to connect recently. We'll get into
0: that a little bit, but I, I was so pumped up after talking to you. I just, in some ways I see a younger version of myself, but then I'm like, no way. She's like way better than I was at that age. Um, so tell us a little bit about Riley. You know, you grew up, um, you know, I think in Indiana, is that correct? And, and you were playing yes. softball. What were your passions?
1: As soon as I can remember, my initial passion was sport. I loved sports, and my dad actually went to Arizona, and so bear down all the way with that. And sports were just ingrained in my blood. And my mom was so strong academically that I kind of had passion for academics and sport, and knew that like I wanted to be accomplished in both. That I loved being smart. Like I think in fifth grade, I was even on like the math decathlon team. But also, I was like, let's go play softball, basketball with the guys and beat up on everyone. And track and field day was like my highlight of my elementary school. So I just loved doing it all. I was really passionate and motivated by that and making a lot of friends through like team sport.
0: And did you just have that drive inside of you? Were you kind of
1: born that way of just you loved it and so you worked hard at it? I think partially. I think it's my environment that I grew up in. I think my parents raised me with this competitive mindset, you constantly push yourself and get better. And what are your goals and how are you achieving them? And let's check in, where are we at with this? So much so that I don't know if any parents on here are listening, but if you have kids that do a spelling test anymore, we would have a spelling test in school on Friday and Monday through Thursday would take practice to try to beat it every day. Like just like little stuff like that, like they made it fun. And so I don't know any different. I think part of it was just in my blood, but I think a lot of it was my upbringing. You know, I think there's something to be said
0: about that. I think about camps and clinics that I do working with softball players of all ages. And we can go through drills, but when you do the competition side of it, you start to see, you know, some kids really rise up and others like, oh no, the mental side, they just start to break down. You can kind of see that happen. So to be able to put yourself in those pressure situations, I think has to play a role on on how competitive you are and the outcomes. Would you say
1: that you agree? Totally. And it's almost to a fault, right? People are like, Riley, this is not a competition. I'm like, everything's a competition. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's what makes me motivated. So, yeah, I have a hard time turning it off, but it's there. Okay. So,
0: talk to me because you have a younger sister, correct? And she's doing great things. Was she the same? Is she
1: as competitive as you are? In a different way. So, sports never really was her thing, but academically it was. So, I'm super proud of my sister. She graduated from pretty and going to law school and has set there. So academically, she's super driven and motivated. She's a Indy 500 princess. Um, So she was selected amongst like 33 people of Indiana. So people are like, what did you do? It's to my mom. (laughs) I think it just happens to be that drive, but have it as much in sport as I did, but she still focused on other life goals and things like that.
0: That's so great. And to see, I know as a mom myself of three boys, you know, I try to instill that, but I see that, you know, some of them with my kids, one is super, super internally motivated, the other two, not so much, it might be more external. And, you know, I think everybody's wired a little different, but I love that about your family. Um, And I love the fact that I played like you said, Arizona, your dad also played at Arizona, played baseball there, played in the minor leagues. And so him and and your mom have done a great job raising you guys. Let's talk a little bit about you getting to college. Was that, you talked about goals. Was that, that next step of, okay, important, you know, academics are important. Sports are a passion.
1: That's what I want to do. Was that, was that the means to the end? It wasn't, it wasn't. So as soon as I started playing softball, I wanted to play college softball immediately. That was my goal. My dad played college baseball. He's was always a huge fan of Arizona. Him and his buddies would get together. And I remember seeing that and be like, I want that. I want that community. I want to achieve for women at the time. What I thought of was the highest level of sport was college. And I remember telling people that like in middle school, and they're like, well, you're from Indiana. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, you're not going to do that. That's where those California West coast girls. I'm like, I'm in Indiana and I'm going to do it. And so, yeah, I had that, my sights on that forever. And something that I'm sure you're familiar with was softball recruiting got really early. Like people were getting recruited very, very young. And I remember my freshman year of high school, not being able to drive yet, you know, braces just getting off and being approached by colleges and having to make a decision. And I made my decision after freshman year of where I was going to go to school and so quickly, my goals then shifted, right? Because I, I completed that goal so early, but that was something I've always wanted to do. And then with the academic piece was, how can I get myself the best prepared for my future? Because I thought sports was going to be over after college. So am I going to school academically that is going to challenge me and set me up for success? So George Washington gave me that. I think that's a big deal
0: to be able to have that at that young of an age, because I know even, you know, back in the day when I was being recruited, it happened a lot later, but even then, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to pursue, I did know I wanted to get a college education as the first one in my family to go to college and to a four year college and get a degree but i just knew okay this is the you know this is what it's going to lead to i had no idea there was a lot you know after that as well um talk to me a little bit kind of about you know that like you're saying these goals you wanted to get there okay you get to college was it everything you expected it to be
1: in terms of the softball experience it was not unfortunately i didn't feel complete and this will come into play i'm sure throughout our conversation but i was always chasing the next best goal that i had And they were awesome goals, right? Getting to college, getting school paid for and attending an awesome university, but it was never as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Like I finally hit it. And I thought that my life would change or this void in my heart would finally be like complete. And it wasn't. And I just kept setting more goals and more goals and more goals. And I kept achieving and achieving and achieving. And I ultimately felt empty inside. And this is where I now know that boy was the Lord, which I know we'll get into probably a little bit later, but it wasn't everything that I thought it was. I mean, I had an amazing experience at George Washington over my four years of playing college softball. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be in the sense of my life's perfect. I finally achieved it. I'll be at peace kind of thing. Wow. And for
0: you to say this in your mid twenties right now, but you learned it in college. I think some people can go through their entire lives and not know what the missing thing is. And they they keep chasing and they keep end up feeling empty. And so that, that's a big deal that you share that. And you have so much wisdom. And we will get into that. Um, I want to transition a little bit. Well, before I do that, with the goal setting, I, I want to ask you this because I am just a firm believer that you set this goal. You see where you want to be you believe you can get there and then you get to work making
1: it happen. Do you think that belief piece of it is crucial for people? A hundred percent, especially for women. And I say that because we tend to self-doubt ourselves and let the negative talk come in and what other people might say, stick with us. And throughout my whole story, I have been told that I wouldn't be able to do things. I was told I wouldn't be able to be a college softball player. I was told I wouldn't be able to be a Marine Corps officer. I was told I wouldn't be able to achieve and make the bobsled team constantly by other people, let alone what I think about myself, the questions of, do I have what it takes to be a college athlete? Do I have what it takes to move away from my family and play a sport where my parents aren't involved and I'm completely on my own as an 18 year old, or am I even good enough to be an Olympian? Like these are things that constantly come. And I think that belief portion is what stops people on their tracks. It's the fear that will cripple people from obtaining God's desire for them in their life. And then they're stopped right there. And then they stop and wonder, well, you know, I couldn't have done it because of that. And so something I always tell people is don't let you or someone else tell you no before you even try. That's the piece right
0: there. I hear you saying that. And it's fear. And then because of that, it's what is your next action or inaction. That's it. Everybody might have fear, but it's those that move forward and they are willing to fail. They're willing to go out of their comfort zone. They're willing to try with that. They can continue to inch forward, inch forward, and sometimes just make leaps and bounds. But those that stop, and there are too many that never try in the first place. That is wonderful advice, Riley. You have so much wisdom. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into the Marine Corps. What did that look like? How did that all of a sudden become a part of your life?
1: So that goes back to George Washington University. So 18 years old, step on a college campus and try to figure out my major and what I wanted to do. And I knew because I knew I was going to George Washington for some time that I wanted to be involved with the government on the war of terror in some kind of capacity. So I grew up very patriotic. We love our country. We want to serve our country. I didn't see any female military members really. So I never thought that was an option. So I thought, oh, if I work for the CIA, FBI, I can fight this war on terror and help people. And so that's what my sights was set on being in DC. Uh, roughly uh, three weeks a month into me being at George Washington, I met a Marine recruiter, who was a captain, and absolutely fell in love with everything he had to say. He was—he was he selling was me on how the Marine Corps, you get to travel, you get to give back to your country, and you, part of your work demand is physical fitness. And I'm like. say less. I get a lead. I get to go do all these things. Like this is the best thing ever. Okay. And sorry. Remember I called my parents and again, mom, dad. uh, So I know I've only been at college for like less than a month, but I want to (laughs) go and join the Marine Corps. So I'm going to go to officer candidate school and not come home this summer. And I'm sure as a parent, you can imagine how that was taken. Um, there's the first time they've ever heard me talk about anything like this and, they were taken back at first, like, what? Like, my dad, can you just focus on softball? Like, can you just get through fall season, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But instantly, they saw my drive. They saw how passionate I was about it. It was scary. It was scary for them. It was scary for me. But it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And now here I am. And I'm, I am love the Marine Corps. And it's the best thing that's happened to me. Wow. And sometimes
0: it's just those people coming during our lives. and And all of a sudden, a new opportunity arises that we never knew as possible. And before you met them, it wasn't possible. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about obstacles. You talked a little bit about fear, holding people back, how we overcome that by doing it and moving forward. Are there any other obstacles that you have faced that overcoming them, going through them have made you stronger in who you are today and, and taught you lessons?
1: Definitely. I think the hard part when you hear someone's story, or someone's on podcast, or you hear a successful person, you focus on the highlights and what they were able to achieve rightfully. So it's deserving, but what people don't see is the hurt, the failures and the nose that happened amongst that time. Right. You're not going to introduce in my bio and be like, Oh, this is Riley Compton. She's failed at this and this, and then she didn't get this. And, you know, that's, that's like that we, we, we talk about. And so People will see you sometimes and be like, well, everything just comes easy to her. You know, she didn't have to get the setback and, and that couldn't be more wrong. Um, I did not want to go to George Washington originally. I was told by two dream schools that I was dead set. I had the sweatshirt. My dad, we had all, we went on the athletic like visits. Hey, uh, you're good, but you're not that good. So we're only going to give you this amount. And my heart was broken. I couldn't afford to go to that school on that amount. or Um, You know, for the Marine Corps, I was dead set on doing intelligence. I placed really high amongst my peers and I was given my eighth choice, my eighth choice. And I was devastated and crushed. I'm like, wow, like, what does this mean? But if I wasn't given that job, I wouldn't have been able to pursue bobsled. You know, and initially like for bobsled, there's some like scapulation. You're like, Hey, you know, what do you mean? Like you are now Marine Corps shaped. Like I'm not as heavy as I was, you know, I have to put on muscle. Like eh, I wasn't a track runner. I didn't have any background or experience. Like, is she going to be good enough? Like, I don't know. And every no and adversity and things that I've faced was God's way of preparing me or redirecting me into the path I wanted to go. And that's what people don't see is the struggle and I'll be honest, like my softball career was not the way I wanted it. I had more playing time my freshman year than I did my senior year. And that makes like no sense to people. And I got better. It just it's just the way it was. And that was tough. Like it hurt me. Like my ego was hurt being a senior and not starting every day and what that looked like. So these are the things people don't talk about, but I think shape us into who we are and is why we are redirected in the past that we are. So what would you say to that person that's not starting as a senior that
0: got told no by their dream school to the person who did not get uh, moved up for that position that they had applied for, you know, or the door slammed shut on something they really thought
1: they were shoeing? What What would you say to that person? I would say God's not finished yet. And my biggest thing, and I say this all the time, if you stopped anyone's story, like pause it in the middle of it, like any great, like Disney miracle or any of those kind of like sports movies and you just like pause it in the middle of the adversity like okay this is where it ends everyone's like what like you didn't get to see the the end of it and I would say like God's just not done your story's not done and I learn more in the face of adversity and setbacks sometimes than I do with success and I will remember those things and it'll set me up and something I pray for actually all the time is God close the doors that are meant to be closed abruptly and open the doors like quickly that are meant to be open and I don't take that as a negative thing. I take it as like guide me and show me where I'm supposed to go. And sometimes hard nose redirect me, but also sometimes it builds character and character leads to perseverance and perseverance is a skill that you need going forward in this world. We all need that. And, and I think
0: people need to be reminded sometimes that a closed door is actually a blessing when they don't realize it. For me, I was moved from first base pitching to the outfield. And I tell people all the time, if I didn't just jump in with both feet, okay, I better learn to be the best outfielder. I've never played it before. That's literally what opened the door to the Olympic team. But I'm so thankful that I didn't sit and just complain and sit and wish I was in another role. I know I would have never reached the heights, that I did. And I agree with you. I believe God has a purpose in all of it. And there are times of redirecting that we don't choose. And we don't see the finished product yet. And it is really hard, but the blessing lies on the other side. And sometimes it's only when you can look back, but you have to keep moving forward through that. And, and I'm with you. I I say the same thing about opening doors and closing doors. And I always also say, you know what, God, I want your will above my will. I might Mm -hmm. think something is so great, but I've learned enough and you've learned a lot already at a young age that your will is always better. Even if it takes me through some hard times, I will trust and I will follow and I want what you have for me. So those are some very powerful words. Okay. Let's shift a little bit. We're going to get into bobsled now. We're going to tie this into kind of maybe this leadership piece as well, because as part of what I talk about in the gold standard and how crucial that is. And I heard that you um, had met somebody from U.S. USA bobsled. That was the one who kind of just even put that into your heart and your mind. Tell us
1: a little bit about that story. Playing, going back to George Washington again. And so this is key, like where I went to college was so important. Uh, There's a woman by the name of Alana Myers Taylor who played softball there before I did. And she was phenomenal. And because of what she accomplished in bobsled, her jerseys retired. So that's the only jersey that we have retired on the softball field. And it's not even for softball, it's for bobsled. Uh, She was a great softball player too, but her accomplishments. And in 2018, she had just won silver in Pyeongchang and with her teammate, Lauren Gibbs and her husband, Nick Taylor. And they all came to George Washington to talk to the athletic department on their success. And the softball team had her own little special banquet to invite them in. I was captain at the time. So I was given like the so- signed softball and presented it to her on the team's behalf. And I actually have a picture of it. And I remember just sitting there listening to her explain the sport. And I just got goosebumps and butterflies. And I was just so locked in and everything she had to say, like, wow. And I hit the teammate on the left side of me. I can't even remember who it was, but I said, you know, in another life, I would be a bobsledder, but I can't. Cause I have the Marine Corps. I knew I made this commitment to the Marine Corps. I knew I was going to like deploy and live my life in service. And this is something that I was dead set on. I knew God had that plan for me. So that was the end of it, kind of. I just remembered following her, always being a huge fan of her, following her on social media and everything and just keeping tabs with her. And then in 2020, I had finished all my military training. I was in the fleet, so Camp Pendleton, and I found out my husband was deploying and I was not going to be deploying And I felt like God wasn't done yet athletically. I'm like, I'm just now peaking. I'm 22. I'm faster than I was. I'm stronger than I was. Like mentally, I know myself. I'm more in tune with my body. I'm like, this can't be it. So I saw the Marine Corps had a softball team. It's slow pitch, but it was a softball team. (laughs) And you would get to play against other branches. I was like, oh, that's it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And this wonderful thing called COVID happened that shut down so many things. So I closed the door. And I was so upset. I was like, I don't get to play softball. Like I can't bring that glove out of retirement. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I saw that they were talking about a bobsled combine online because of COVID. So instead of it happening in person, it was online. I said, that's it. I'm doing it. I just picked up the phone. I called the, the recruiting coach. I said, hey, I don't even know if I can do this. You don't even know me, but I am going to submit a combine video and this is who I am. And I feel like I need to do this and at least try. And he was like, okay, <laughs> he was like, we have sub military people, but we don't have any Marines. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So I came home and I told my husband and then I called my father, same kind of reaction. Hey, I have this crazy idea. Just hear me out on it. And they're like, what? i like, I think I'm going to go for bobsled and I'm going to try to do this online combine. It was the same thing. Riley, you just got to Camp Pendleton. Can you just focus on the Marines? Can you just focus on being the best Marine Corps officer that you possibly can be? Like, why did you try to add all this stuff to your plate? And I just felt the Holy spirit lead me there. And I competed in the combine virtually. I did enough to get their attention. And here we are. Unbelievable. I love that. I love your spirit. I love your fight.
0: I love the, your willingness to step out and be like, why not go for it? Right. What do I have to lose? And I really think more people, I don't know, like need to take that. They get that fire. They get that desire inside of them. Don't let the negative thoughts, the fears, the worries that I can't take over. Just go for it and learn something from it. Enjoy the process. I I love that. I'm so excited to see, you know, where you go from there. The Gold Standard Podcast is brought to you by Major Media League. Major Media League is a revolutionary competitive app launching in June 2022. This app gives softball athletes a platform to showcase their skills by participating in challenges and having the chance to win prizes and scholarships. This is also an opportunity to promote your own talent for all the athletes out there. It's free to join. So go sign up today at www.majormedialeague.com. The link is also in the show notes. You'll be notified when the major media league app launches. So get prepared for the unbelievable opportunity that lies ahead to grow your
1: brand as an athlete. Talk to me because now you've been at the highest level of sport, collegiate softball, USA
0: bobsled training, you know, around some other Olympians and and Marine Corps, obviously the military, um, all of those take such a high, um, they they take a lot of mental strength, right? It's very important. You're not going to be successful if you you lack in those areas. Not that you maybe, you know, people don't struggle at times, but you, you really need to have mental strength. So with that being said, you've probably been under a lot of different leaders. In your mind,
1: what makes what qualities make the best leaders? You learn the most from leaders that you don't like. And I think I've learned the most of that of being like, wow, that was not okay. I would never do that to someone else. But the qualities that I've noticed across the board in sports and Marine Corps that has constantly driven respect for me was one being true to who you are the whole time. And I mean that by several coaches or Marines or anyone in general, like will change who they are in the leadership style, depending on maybe who they're talking to or who their audience is. And something that I've known is even if I don't love you or I don't connect with you on your morals or values, at least I know what I'm getting from you. Like I, like you are true to who you are and I know what to expect. You're reliable in that sense. And I think that's something that I highly respect. And additionally, for a leader, you're not so consumed about yourself. You're so selfless that you're worried about the success of the people around you. Something I learned in the Marine Corps, especially, and it was one of the biggest things I ingrained in us in officer candidate school. It's not about you. It's about the people around you. It's about your Marines. What can you do to make sure they're taken care of? You need to be so squared away that you don't even have to think about yourself. So you can focus 90% of your attention on your Marines and make sure they're successful. It doesn't matter if you're successful, it's about them. And that's something that I have taken with me and I've seen that in my leaders and I've seen that in my leaders that have allowed me to go to bobsled. And I say that because it's a strain on the Marine Corps to have me leave and go work remotely and compete because I'm not there with my Marines doing my job, attending every single meeting, being at like walking distance away. But my leaders, my commanding officer and executive officer knew, you know, Riley's deserving of this. She's worth it. We're going to take a chance on her. We might take a hit initially, but for her, this is going to elevate her and make her successful. And I will never forget what that has meant to me. It, it it brings tears to my eyes, almost just thinking about the selflessness of, hey, you know, this might be, this might be a burden on me, but it's going to mean something else to someone. So I'm going to do it anyways. And I might have to work harder to make sure that they can do what they want.
0: Oh, it's so powerful. Selfless leaders that, like you said, put others above themselves. That is something that I think in some ways is becoming a lost art, but it's so powerful when people get that. And when they realize it's not about them, I think of youth sports in some ways. Sometimes it's about the coach winning, right? And it's like how it looks on the coach. And it's like, no, it's about these kids growing them up. And then as parents, same thing, right? Teaching our kids and you go through hard times some people worry too much. What does that look like on me as a parent? And, and it's not about that. There's always that bigger picture and that can go all the way up the line. Just some very, very good advice. And I, I also like how you said they know who they are and it, it doesn't change who they're around. I saw that a lot as well at the Olympic level. I know at first I was kind of intimidated when we would meet some different people and we got to go on the Oprah show. We got to go to the White House. We did all kinds of fun things. But at times I think I was still my goofy self of just like, Hey, how are you? Okay. It's Oprah. Look at, she's just like a normal person on TV. You know, you're thinking it's going to be so different. And you just reminded that it's just people who have gone after their opportunities. They've had certain talents and they've just gone for it. And at the end of the day, it really is about how we treat people because that's, Mm -hmm. that's the other message I get out of what you shared. Let's talk a little bit about financial aspects of being a Olympic athlete. That is maybe a female in a sport that doesn't have as much success or not success, sorry, support financially. Mm -hmm. Um, we went through that as Olympic softball players, but I know you and I were talking a little bit about that. What do you do to be able to get the funds? I think it's important for people to hear,
1: you know, what that looks like for you training. Very rarely are you going to hear of Olympic level athletes that have the financial stability to be an athlete 24 seven, unlike maybe your NFL NBA player, that that is their job going to practice everything like that. And so I know you can speak to this as well. You have to have another job you have to be able to financially support the sport that you love because you're just not going to make enough money to sustain it or a standard of living with this economy. And so something that's, I have the Marine Corps. I'm I'm married. My husband and I are both active duty Marines. So we have a stable income there, but it's sometimes it's still not enough. And the sport of bobsled is extremely expensive. A lot of people ask me all the time, Bobsled, what is that? How did you get involved? I've never even heard of that. Or where do you even train? All these questions. And it's because people don't know about it. It's not USA gymnastics, swimming, uh, basketball, all this stuff, you know, that people can relate to. So the funding aspect of it struggles. And USA, Bobsled, and Skeleton Federation do an amazing job trying to reach out and get sponsors, but it's hard when you have a massive team of athletes. And how are you going to support everybody? And how do you support that? entry level athlete that is good, but they're not on the national team yet. So that's where I, where I stand. Like I'm in the development phase to become the best, but how do I become the best without the resources? But the best are the ones that are seeing the most financial support. So it just, it's just flawed, but it makes sense. And so financially I do everything I can to maintain my job in the Marine Corps and not pull my husband and i's money away. So I look for backings and sponsorships, um, from different companies or fundraising events and stuff like that to be able to pay, uh, to continue to do bobsled. Well, if there's anybody listening to this right now that wants
0: to sponsor an up and coming athlete, Olympic hopeful, um, how can people find you?
1: So I'm only on social media on Instagram. I, I try okay. to do my best to be able to only have one site and kind of cut it off. So I don't become addicted or all over the place. You can find me rye.compton. So my name's Riley, but Rye's been a huge nickname. It's more personable and Compton, like the city. I married into that. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So you can find me there. Uh, you can you can message me. I, I I will hold true to this. I reply to almost every single message other than the creepy ones. So whoever you are, send me a message. I will absolutely reply. But I I always say this, giving financially is super awesome, but just listening or prayers along those lines means so much as well. So maybe you're like, I'm not in a position to give, or I don't even know who you are really. That's totally fine. Even just praying um, that God leads me along this path directly where I'm supposed to be going and opens and closes those doors for me is such a special thing to me that I, I ask for and is near and dear to my heart. That's such a great perspective. I think a lot of people need to know that if God is guiding
0: you there, he will provide, he will. And I'm sure you've seen that maybe in ways that you didn't expect, but I know that you'll continue to see that. Okay. Dedication and drive is part of the gold standard. You clearly are very driven. You are very dedicated. Let's talk a little bit about your faith and how that came into play, what that looked like maybe growing up and how that transitioned,
1: like you said, into your collegiate experience. Growing up, my family was raised Catholic. And I'm sure you can really testify this sports nowadays take up so much time and your tournaments are on the weekends. So softball championship Sunday, we don't know any different. And Sunday is the day you're supposed to go to church. And so we quickly, once I got more competitive in softball, decreased our church attendance because we were at tournaments all the time. And so I had a a background of faith. I knew the Lord. Uh, I knew I could recite all the prayers through Bible study. In schools, but I didn't have a personal connection with the Lord. So I, I felt skewed. I felt off like, okay, I believe him. I believe he's real. I believe he's there. I believe I can talk to him, but that's kind of the extent of it. And so I went to college and like I said, I kept feeling empty. You would never be able to tell the outside me was doing awesome. I, my resume was stacked. I was having a great time. Um, I had great friends. I had great family. I didn't fall into anything negative. I just was never fulfilled. And I just kept setting more goals and achieving them. And it was just never enough. And finally, one of my teammates kept pushing on me to go to church with her. And I kept like respectfully, no, I'm okay. And I'm okay. And then finally, I'm like, you know what, God, I'll give you a try. I'll give you a try again. I'll come. She's a good friend of mine, you know, whatever. And I show up and instantly, I just felt the Holy Spirit convict me and I just felt that peace. And I'm like, why did I run from this for so long? Why did I put that voice away? And the next thing you know, my heart's on fire for the Lord. My language changed. What I wore changed. Um, how I acted in my friend group. Not because I was forced to, but because I was completely being renewed on the inside. And I felt the Lord working. And I was blessed to my senior year then be one of the leaders of fellowship of Christian athletes at George Washington at our launch that year to where it's still up and running and was really involved with Bible study in my community. And so much so that my end of my senior year, like I said, I struggled. I, I wasn't starting playing all the time, but we would have about 12 girls in a prayer circle before every single game. That's the most I've ever seen on a team that isn't like a Catholic school or, or a college like that. And, uh, that was so special to see growth and some of my teammates. And then now, um, I'm in Oceanside, California, super involved with my church volunteer, have all the women's groups, friends with as many people as I can, because I want to live my life to serve. It's not about action workspace, but I'm on fire for the Lord. And I, I have the secret that I want to tell everybody of how he's changed my life and how he's guided me and people, Riley, how are you a Marine? And a wife did active duty and doing bobsled. And I say, I don't know. The Lord has blessed me and he's showing me every day how it's possible. Or how are you so successful? I'm like, it's the Lord that's pouring out blessings. It's not me doing it, it, it it's his action through me. And so my whole perspective on life has changed and for the better. I think it's just so, so powerful when I listen to everything that you talk
0: about, basically you're all in on everything that you do, you're all in. And I, I think when you live that way, it's just about taking the next step. And if something doesn't work out, it's okay. Cause something else is going to work out. And, and I'm just going to keep going hard with all that I am. And, and like you said, God brought that fulfillment to you. Cause he, he showed you that you had something missing that didn't have to do with your accomplishments and your accolades and your position and your finances and what levels you could reach. i feel Still very similar to that. I, I had that experience in college to where I also all American academic, all American national champion. And yet inside I, I'm with you on the outside, people would have probably said she has, she has it all going for her. And I still inside kind of had some comparisons, had some, I'm not good enough here and not anything that would be vocalized. But then when God, you know, came into my life and I surrendered all I realized, wow, there is just so much more to this. The purpose that we have, the reason we're here, it's, it's what we're doing. It's the giftings and the passions and talents that we have, but it's more than that. It's the people that we're placed around the lives mm. we can touch, the lives that are going to impact us. And I just have no doubt you're doing that. You've been doing that. Um, I'm so excited for all that is ahead for you. You know, do you, do you even have time, your your schedule? I can't even imagine. Tell it, give us an example of just a couple
1: of days in the life of Riley Compton. I love this question. No day looks the same. Every day is different and it depends on what season I'm in. So if I'm in the winter months and I'm more competing, that looks differently. But for example, uh, today, today is Tuesday. So I wake up around five. And I spend my initial time with the Lord. So, first thing I do, I wake up, I read my Bible, I have that quiet time. I actually, on Tuesdays, have Bible study with my grandma. So, I call my grandma. We're reading through Matthew together right now. And I go to work, I show up, I'm very present with my Marines. I'm getting work done day to day, looks a little bit differently. During my lunch period, I leave and I go to my workout facility and I train with my coach over there. I hustle back to work and then I work throughout the rest of the day. I'll get back. And I normally do some kind of restorative health. So like stretching or regeneration of my body. I spend time with my husband. We'll have dinner together and we'll go to the next thing. And on Wednesdays, we, my husband and I are in a Bible study with my church. So we'll do that. Some days we have date night and we just like only spend it to each other, but no day looks the same and it's always jam packed and it's kind of overwhelming at times, but I just try to be present with where I am and not miss opportunities of where God can lead me and how I can impact other people. But I want to make sure this is clear. The first thing I do when I wake up is talk to the Lord and give that to him. And then my next priority is how am I taking care of my Marines and how am I all in with that? Like you talked about, because my training, as much as I, I, I literally get like sick when I don't train, like my body like starts to like freak out that can be put on reserve to make sure my, my Marines are taken care of. Um, my marriage, I will not push that to the side. So there's certain things that I, I'm pretty stern with, but I do try to pack my day with with things to make sure I'm touching as many people as possible. Yeah, I think the more
0: things that end up on our plate, you really keep those priorities. the The priorities, the main thing needs to stay the main thing. And I think you're learning that right now and living that. And I think it's an encouragement, a reminder. I'm a lot older than you, but um, I, I just get a little convicted at times I go through seasons, seasons. I'm doing really good and doing, you know, the, like you're talking about. And, and then other times where I get a little lazy and because I don't maybe have as much pressing and because of that, I can get kind of lazy in some of those areas that need to stay the priority. So thank you for sharing that. Do you have any time to read books? Do you have a favorite book out there? Do you even get to
1: read books? I don't as much as I should. I have been a big podcast listener, especially recently for my drives and. Obviously I'm biased, but I love listening to Jocko Willink or some of the other military-based podcasts, especially because I'm like, okay, what's going on? How can I mentally sharpen myself? How do I know military history? Because history doesn't always repeat itself, but it has a pattern from a Marine Corps standpoint. So I'm constantly learning as a leader. I also listen to a couple like faith podcasts. Um, there's a couple on like version Bible apps, even of just like reading the Bible and stuff like that. But one of the books that I have read recently that I do really love, is david goggins can't hurt me book that's oh one of the God, last ones that. that i read and it is impressive david goggins for anyone who doesn't know uh was a navy seal and he struggled with a lot of adversity but he threw out buds but he is insane in a good way he was 300 and something pounds And lost all this weight to go to BUDS and become a Navy SEAL. And now he runs like ultra marathons and he talks all the time. I don't use some of the language, it's kind of colorful at times, but um (laughs) (laughs) his dedication and drive and how he was like, I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, you know what? I didn't get it done today. There's no excuses, there's no being around the bush. It's 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 holding yourself accountable and um seeing what he goes through and how he pushes himself and talking about, you know. Everything that you do that you've succeeded in, it becomes a cookie in your cookie jar that you can go back to and be like, you know, I got through that so I can get through this. And so some of those mindsets and philosophies are are pretty good. But I know you have a book out. My dad had bought it for me actually in college. And when I was going through my walk with um, my faith, as I was becoming more vocal about it and he sent it to me in college. So that's something fun I had to share with you. I,
0: I, he reached out to me recently and I, I'm so happy he did because he just said, I really, Think you and my daughter need to connect. And, you know, he said, I've given her my, your book and, you know, I have a softball devotional softball glory and God's story where I share Olympic stories and it ties into the faith and kind of living it out and how they can collide. And, uh, I, Yeah, it's just so fun how the timing, I'm so glad he connected us because I know, I don't know, I'm just going to stay connected. I'll be like your extra mom or something (laughs) on the sideline for sure, praying for you, definitely cheering for you and supporting you. And I just know that you're on this upward path and you have so much before you. As we, as we finish up, um, you 100% live by the gold standard. Everything I talked about, setting goals, overcoming obstacles, the mindset piece, leadership, having that, that dedication and drive. As we kind of wrap up, what is something, the last thing that you can leave with people in order for them to live the gold standard in everything they do, not just in one area, not just in their career field, not just maybe only in their family, maybe not just in their sports, but literally in every aspect of life. What what would you say to people listening?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind, and this is something I've said a couple of times is to anyone listening, ask yourself this question. If not you, then who? If not you, then who? And take that for a minute in all parts of your life. You know, if you feel dedicated and passionate about something, whatever that may be, if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? Too many times people sit around and think someone else is going to take care of that problem. If it's a marital thing, you think your spouse is going to do it. Well, if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Oh, well, they'll do it. Are you sure about that? How do they know you desire it, right? At work, if you see something that needs to get done a task, if you if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? And so that's just something I would I would motivate people on is don't be afraid to take that step. Don't assume someone else is going to do it. Don't assume that in society, like the bicep effect, right? Everyone else is going to do it. Be that person, be that person to say something, be that person to make a difference, be that person to compliment somebody. If you notice that someone has like a really cool purse or something, and you're a purse person, tell them you like their purse or give them a compliment. I think so many times we withhold things from people that we feel because we don't know how they're going to take it or approach it. And I just want to be reminded, you know, if not you, then who's going to do it. Be that person. One comment, one conversation can make a difference in someone's life. And you could be that person. It really can.
0: Just one smile, one hug, one Mm -hmm. listening ear, one prayer. And like you said, one kind comment that maybe that's the one thing that they need to hear. Recently, I was out to dinner with. Uh, you mentioned Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I also do a lot with them. And I was speaking in Wyoming and a couple I was with who serves on staff with them asked the waitress who walked up to serve us and said, hey, we're going to be praying before our meal. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she literally just started to tear up. And she said she was going through a custody battle. Her ex was trying to get you know custody of her son and lives in a different state. And we just, afterwards, were just amazed that she's putting on a smile, serving us, but just offering that prayer to her really brought her to tears. And so I love you saying that, if not you, then who? Riley, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. I cannot believe you're only 25 and you have all this wisdom, but it makes me so full of joy to, one, know that our military is in great hands and to see somebody young just who is just so vibrant and full of life and attacking her dreams and going for it and, and impacting so many others along the way. I'm glad you're a leader. I'm glad for the leaders that you've had. And so I just want to thank you so much for what you shared with us today.
1: Leah, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity in your podcast. I can't wait to hear everyone's stories and share. It makes a difference. If we can just change one person's life, man, this world's going to be a better place. So I'm excited. Thank you for what you do. Thank you everyone for listening again to the gold standard podcast until next time. We'll see you later.
0: Riley had so much good information to share. And when I think about the fact that she is only 25 years old and just has already accomplished so much by saying yes, by refusing to let other people limit her by not allowing her own thoughts to limit her. She presses on, she pushes forward, she learns from the hard times. I think about how she talked about, we, we do look at people's highlight reels if we think about this in social media, right? We see people's highlight reels and then we can compare and start to feel less about ourselves. But she said, we're not gonna obviously elevate and say, okay, you know, here were the hurts that you went through. You know, These were the struggles. These were the no's that you had to hear before you found that next yes, that's not what people see, but it happens. It happens to everybody. And there's times that I, you know, I see that and I realize that. And I think everybody has struggles. Some are more visible than others, but everybody goes through hard times It may look differently. People respond very differently, but it, ultimately it's about learning, learning from the hard times. How can we build that character? How can we gain perseverance? And then from that, build hope really and, and learn to become better than we were before we went through that trial or that struggle or heard that. No, And it's about not giving up. And she talked about, you learn most from leaders you don't like. And I just was really a little surprised to hear that, but I can absolutely see what she's saying, because here's the thing. If you can have leaders that you don't like and still rise up and still find ways to take something of value from them, I believe, think about it. When you are with somebody that's easy for you to follow and easy for you to listen to and you work well with, well, that, that doesn't take, you know, any extra effort or, you know, really deciding and choosing to say, okay, I'm still going to put my best foot forward, even though I have a manager, even though I have a coach, even though I have somebody who's leading me that makes it miserable for me at times. And I think it's all about perspective and how we're going to respond and and staying in control of the things that we can control our attitude, our effort, not allowing how somebody else is acting to dictate our response to it. Um, And then she just talked about, you know, people that were the best leaders are the most selfless and, I think we saw that in her. We saw that she has really felt that and it's allowed her to go on and have other opportunities because people are willing to let her in the Marine Corps go and chase her Olympic dreams and, you know, start to train. And like she said, she's going to find a way. She doesn't have um, a lot of that uh, monetary support. She's got to find ways, Olympic athletes. Most people don't realize that that side of it where you have to have a full-time job, but try to train as a full-time athlete to go after that gold medal or try to reach the podium. And, and yet that dream is inside of you. And so, um, I, I just know that that adversity and those challenges will just continue to make her stronger. They continue to make all of us stronger. So I hope that you were encouraged and inspired by listening to the stories that Lieutenant Riley Compton shared with us today. She's so young, but She is just exciting and motivating and I know has a bright future ahead of her, just like you do, just like I do. And our age does not matter, no matter how young we are or how old we are. We all have greatness and opportunities ahead of us. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Gold Standard Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. You can post on social media and tag at Leah20USA or use hashtag goldstandardpodcast. Make sure you also subscribe so you get notified each week as a new episode releases. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We appreciate your reviews as they help encourage others to listen in. Until next time, live out the gold standard and keep turning your goals into reality.